Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris or Velosos. Welcome back to Socialist Podcast on Tuesday, everyone. Stay listening. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on Socialist Podcast, where you'll find out what's coming up in the world of socialists. Socialists, it's a sewing blog for everyone. Today, Abby is our Socialist Podcast guest as we focus on accessibility. Abby is part of the Sew Enabled team. Today, Abby is our Socialist guest as we focus on accessibility. Abby is part of the Sew Enabled team. So welcome, Abby. Hi. Lovely to see you and thank you for coming on to Socialist Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Now, one thing I always do at the start of a podcast is ask the guests to tell us about themselves and where we can find you on social media. Okay. Well, you can find me primarily on Instagram. My handle there is at Mrs. underscore BS underscore Sos. You can also find me on So Enabled, which is at So Enabled. And we also have a website. If you Google So Enabled, we come up top, which is great. Yeah, that's excellent. Personally speaking, what's your main craft or hobby that you love doing? I love sewing. I love making garments. I do a little bit of homewares and curtains and stuff when I I need to do something but really I like making things for people to wear I like making things for gifts for people yeah this past Christmas I managed to complete a goal of making every gift that I gave which is the first time I've ever done that and I had to start in August but I was so proud of that that's absolutely huge Lockdown helped. Lockdown helped a lot. (laughs) Besides sewing, I also knit, I crochet, I make random things. I like to turn my hand to anything. I tried to teach myself a bit of flower arranging. When I did some, I made silk flowers for my wedding for my bouquet and my bridesmaids. So I kind of geeked out on some flower arranging tutorials online and went from there basically I'll give anything a go uh, <laughs> I'm always looking for new things to pick up oh felting forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> I do love felting and uh, working with fiber spinning as well my mum used to keep some alpacas and sheep so I used to have ready access to fiber when did you start getting involved in craft, sewing, etc. All these things that you use your hands and your mind with? I think I've always been reasonably crafty. I started off knitting primarily. My grandma taught me to knit and I've always had some kind of project on the go. But when I started my current job, I had a little bit more free time so I could go into it a little bit more. That's when I started really sewing in earnest and of course the uh, complementary hobby of collecting fabric and haberdashery. Yes so they are complementary aren't they? Yes and a totally different discipline. (laughs) When it comes to accessibility and sew enabled how did you get to that point? So 
Um, you're here because of So Enabled, which is fantastic. Yeah. How did you get there? What were the accessibility issues that you were facing? I started thinking about accessibility in sewing really when I damaged my hand. I damaged my dominant hand. That was in September 2019. While I could do most things with it, but I had no strength in it and very little dexterity. And I had to slightly rethink not only how I was making things, but also how I was wearing things. I wasn't able to undo buttons very quickly Mm -hmm. or do them up very quickly. So I started experimenting with magnetic snaps and poppers and it kind of just grew from there. So I started talking to some friends who have other accessibility needs who also sew and we are the basis of the Sew Enabled team. That's a good thing. So let's talk about who the Sew Enabled team is at the moment. Yeah, so there's four of us as the very core team who started up Sew Enabled to begin with. So there's me, there's Tasha, there's Mel and there's Andy. We also have a Slack workspace where we have lots of people who want to contribute and who help us out with research and anyone can come and join that if you want to help out all you need to do is contact us through our website or ping us on Instagram and we've got lots of areas on there where we chat about accessibility in machines patterns and we share tips and we're also a support group for each other which is really nice because we can chat about things that you wouldn't necessarily come up against in the general sewing community. So we talk about muscle fatigue when you're sewing for several hours. We talk about not being able to hand sew with the dexterity that we're used to or that we used to have. And it's a really supportive area. So uh, if anybody wants to come and join us there, you are very welcome. And they should go to the Sew Enabled Instagram account and either message or DM you there? Yep. Or we have a form on our website that you can fill in as well. And any way to make contact with us, we will get back to everybody. Maybe not immediately, but we do get there. And that's a really good thing. It is a very sharing environment if you're inviting people to give you feedback, ideas, and also be part of the Slack channel. Yeah. And... We really are very open to any kind of feedback. So we've tried to design everything, especially the website, to be as accessible as possible. But we are always learning and adapting and we are very, very open to any kind of feedback. So if you are having a look at our website and you see something that isn't quite right for you, let us know and we can tweak it. And we are actively changing things with the layout and the fonts and the wording all the time in response to feedback. And we're always happy to learn. I had a look at one of your initial Instagram posts where you're asking people for their accessibility issues. Yeah. And I think you probably had about 12 different suggestions at that point in time. And so I suppose my question there was, 
did you expect that you would get such a lot of feedback in your first post around tell us what accessibility means to you or what you know accessibility issues you want dealt with short answer is no I did not expect any kind of response and really I've been absolutely blown away by the amount of people who've got in contact, the amount of people who followed us on Instagram, the amount of people who've joined our Slack. It's phenomenal. As a core team, we we kind of expected to maybe have a couple of people come and chat to us. Mm -hmm. But the amount of people who have contacted us is incredible and really cemented for me the fact that there is a need for this in the community. Definitely. Just looking at some of the feedback that you got on that particular post, it was something as simple as having accessibility at an event through to people's ability to sew for a long time or not. You know, the accessibility needs that you were provided with was a huge range. Yeah, and we're also super aware that one person's accessibility needs are not the same as somebody else's. So while you could be totally fine walking around an in-person event, and I've been to several myself, and that's been totally fine. And then I've been to others when I'm having a bit of a flare or having a bit of a harder energy time. And what the year before was totally accessible to me yeah it suddenly I realized that there is not a single seat there and I have nowhere to go and sit down and there was one particular event that to get a seat I had to buy a glass of champagne that was interesting that was enlightening for me but until we posted and started getting responses I hadn't even thought because it's not my accessibility need about wheelchair access or access if you are using crutches or mobility aids and thinking logically those events are so crowded and quite often up large flights of steps in non-accessible buildings it is not accessible and it was very interesting on our post to hear a lot of feedback from people who had tried to work with the organisers to allow themselves to come to an event and how inflexible the organisers have been, which I'm hoping in the post-COVID world that that will be a little easier to do because there'll be a little bit more space, I'm hoping. Let's hope, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With the array of topics that were suggested you've now published your first blog post on textiles and how they feel yeah yeah so Jennifer from Jersey Cat Fabrics posted an incredible post about fabric texture and how it feels if you have sensory issues and I think that it's also a very interesting thing to know about if you don't have sensory issues either way we're doing a lot of shopping online at the moment so it was really interesting to look at the different ways that she was talking about different textures and draping and how people could describe them I think it's a really useful post for anybody who sells fabric online 
to have a look at and take on some of those terms when they're describing the fabric, which will help people with sensory issues and will also have the added benefit for people who don't have sensory issues of being able to know what fabric's going to feel like. But Jennifer's post is absolutely incredible. And the more when she was researching it, the more she dug into it, the more she was realising and she's been researching this subject for a long, long time, which is one of the reasons she started her own fabric line. I think the good part about this particular post that Jennifer's done the research on, it's as applicable to online fabric stores as it is for the bricks and mortar stores because those descriptors that she put into that post are going to be helpful for buyers who are sensitive to fabric and need to understand what is being described to them and how it makes them feel. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I would love to be able to go into a bricks and mortar store and have fabrics arranged by clinginess or have a section for fabrics that don't collect static. Something like that would be amazing. And I know a lot of shops are reconsidering their layouts and things at the moment for when we go back to uh, to, to normal. I hate saying that. Uh, <laughs> to a post-COVID normal. Post-COVID normal, yeah. yeah. So that's something to take into account instead of having it arranged in a this is stretchy and that is not. Maybe think a little bit more about the subcategories there and the different textures. If a bricks and mortar store has a layout the way it is, having those descriptors and their staff being able to direct buyers to those types of fabrics will be at least one step forward, I think. Absolutely. I have a favourite fabric store, which I know I can go in and ask my favourite store assistant in that store and I can say, what's the squishiest stretch fabric you've got at the moment? And she will know where to point me. I don't think many other places could do that at the moment. So that's just from my personal experience. But it would be great if more fabric stores were up on those sensory terms and were able to help people a little bit more. There are definitely going to be fabric stores who know their customers well and like yourself will be able to understand what it is you're asking for and get you to the fabric that you're looking for. So it would be really lovely if people who are listening to this podcast could actually read that blog post. Yeah. So that they can get a sense for what more people might be looking for to help them so for either themselves or for someone else in the future. Absolutely. And one thing that we have had a huge amount of contact from on the So Enabled Instagram, mainly through direct messages, is people sewing for people who have accessibility issues, who have sensory needs. And they're asking us, how can we help my cousin, my niece, my friend, my uncle, they have this specific need or this specific sensory issue. Can you help? And so we are always, always happy to suggest things, put them in contact with people who we know have similar experiences, 
who can help them out a little bit more. And it's always really nice as well when we then get tagged in a project that they've done for that person. It's really nice to see these things go full circle. Yeah. And what I love is that people who don't have any accessibility issues or needs that they need to think about are thinking about the needs of other people and actively changing things and designing things for them. And that's wonderful. That's the great part about the sewing community. We don't just sew for ourselves, but we love sewing for other people and meeting their needs so that they're as comfortable as we are in our own skin. Yeah, it's all about being comfortable, (laughs) especially now we're spending a lot of time at home, especially in the UK. And uh, comfort is the thing. (laughs) And so, well, at the moment, I'm wearing a jersey top and some jersey leggings that I made in the second lockdown, I think. And they're just very easy, pull on, very simple structures that I know that I can be in all day and be comfy in and I won't have to keep hitching something up or if I eat a little bit more at lunch I'm not going to have a restrictive waistband or something like that and that's kind of what accessibility is for me just being able to function and go about your day without having to worry that you are going to end up with red marks all over your body from something that's ill-fitting or not being able to get to the loo in time Mm-hmm. being able to live your life without clothing getting in the way and clothing actually helping you to live your life and be independent and do the best you can every day that's that's the real aim of all of this Abby what are the next few blog posts we should be looking out for from so enabled we have some super exciting work coming up It's been headed up by Samantha from Purple Sewing Cloud. And she has been doing some incredible work. If you haven't seen her Instagram already, do have a look at it. It's Purple Sewing Cloud, all one word. Have a look in her stories and her highlights. She has been relentlessly working and chasing machine manufacturers and getting them to look at their wording on their website, Mm -hmm. looking at their machines and looking at how they can make things more accessible for people. Because a lot of things we found that machines have accessibility features that aren't publicized. I discovered through this that the machine that I've had for six years now actually has a no pedal option where I can sew without using the pedal, I can do everything with my hands. I never knew, and I've had this machine and I've used it daily for six years. And the the more things that I discover, and it's just a standard machine as well. It's not top of the line or anything. Yeah, it's just a basic. No, it's a basic, normal machine. It has no super special powers or anything. And (laughs) accessibility feature built in and loads of machines do and it's not even mentioned in the manual as an accessibility feature I'm actually excited for you that you've got that feature yeah and I've tried it out I did a machine embroidery course online just before Christmas and I challenged myself to do it all without using my feet I ended up doing it cross-legged which was 
such a change. It was amazing to do. It took a bit of getting used to, but it would be so, so useful. Yep, to a lot of people. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Samantha writes up regarding accessibility in machines. Yeah, she's doing some incredible work that she can't show yet, but when she does, it's going to be really groundbreaking. Great. Is there anything else we should also be looking out for? Well, we are actively looking for people who want to contribute about things that they have done. We're looking for people who who actively adapt for specific accessibility needs. So I'm quite aware that as a team, we have accessibility needs each, but we don't represent the full spectrum of the sewing world. So I could write a hundred blogs on hand accessibility and hand mobility, but that might not be useful for everyone. So we're looking for everyone no matter how small or insignificant you think the adaptions that you're doing are, they will help someone. And we would love to be a platform for people to write about those things. Because when you're writing about those things, you might reach a couple of people who have the same accessibility need as you, but you might also reach some people who it gets them thinking and they find that they have a relative or a friend who has something similar and they decide that they want to make something for them. And it's a movement that will spread like that. So um, we're looking for absolutely anyone who wants to write something for us. We would love to showcase them. We do have some things coming up as well. We have some blogs in the process. But yes, we're always looking for more. If I could publish something every week, I would. But at least we know that the blog posts and the Instagram posts that you're putting up are well-researched. They're written by people who understand that accessibility issue and they know that it's helping others. Absolutely. And we provide a support network when you're creating that content. We have many levels of review to make sure people who have other needs than the person who's writing the blog have read over it so that the blog is accessible to other people yeah anybody who's contributing we have multiple layers of editing and support and help with research and a bit of a crowdsourcing research as well there's lots of us who will quickly give answers to questions so that's really useful when you're writing a blog It is. Abby, we've talked about accessibility for fabric. So let's talk about accessibility regarding patterns. So that is such a huge topic. So I see that there's kind of two different different fields of that. The first is the actual pattern design. So the real important thing is knowing that there are patterns that you can adapt. What's even better is if pattern designers have thought of a couple of ideas. I mean, we're pretty resourceful as a community, the So Enable community. We, we work out how to hack most things. But if you, as a designer or a blogger about something that you've made, you mention, well, yes, this placket here, you can use snaps. You don't have to use buttons or you could use magnetic snaps. If you mention that when you're writing the instructions, that's 
incredibly useful because it can just spark that little bit of idea in somebody who go actually my friend would really really benefit from having a shirt with magnetic snaps instead of buttons oh I'm going to make them something and I I think that is so valuable and I've seen a few pattern designers starting to do those kinds of things now one thing I'd say to any pattern designers listening is if you're at a complete loss of how to start doing this the best thing is to get some patent testers who have accessibility needs. I patent test for a few different companies. I know a lot of the other people in the So Enabled Slack patent test for different companies as well. And we will give feedback on the instructions. We'll give feedback on the design. And we are always, always happy to help with that side of things. So if if I was a pattern designer and I thought, oh, I think I really want to go down this path of making my pattern more accessible, could I drop a line to Sew Enabled to find pattern testers that would help out? Absolutely. Absolutely. We would love that. And we would put out a call on Instagram. We would put something out on our blog as well. And we would try and get as many people involved for you as possible. As we found with previous requests, you will probably get way more than you need. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so volume is not a problem. So yeah, we are always, always happy to help anyone who is trying to help our community. That's really good to hear. A lot of independent pattern designers, it's just one person. It's not a huge company. So that would really help them. Yeah. And even if it's just to have a five-minute chat about something that they have in their mind that might end up being a pattern someday, we're always happy to help. That's really good. That's a really good service to and from to make patterns more accessible. Yeah. And the other side of pattern accessibility is the way that patterns are delivered. So the traditional paper patterns are absolutely wonderful. PDF patterns are so much more accessible now quicker to download you can print them yourself you can send them to someone to have printed that is fantastic I personally try and get all of mine printed for me because I much prefer having something printed and being able to cut it out rather than having to piece pieces together because it takes a lot of mental effort for me to piece all of those pieces together And more than once, I've pieced the wrong bit to the wrong bit and ended up completely messing up my project. (laughs) That's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, especially when it's really nice fabric. (laughs) But one thing that's seeing a huge rise at the moment is projector patterns and being able to load those pattern files and project them onto your cutting table. And this is something I'm just starting to experiment with myself. And I do wish that there were more pattern designers looking at making things accessible for projectors. So then you don't have paper waste. So it's a big environmental tick. But also it is easier for if I wanted to cut a certain size, I could layer that and I could overlay it on my fabric. I wouldn't have to worry about having pieces of paper and getting mixed up between them. So one thing I found and I know a lot of other people in the Sew Enable community have, 
is that when you're tired, when you're fatigued, if you're trying to do a bit of sewing after a full day of work, sometimes you don't want to have to really think about it quite that much. Mm-hmm. But when you don't really think about it, things go wrong. Yes. So being able to project something and cut one piece at a time without having to work out which one's the front, which one's the back, is this the right arm, is amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about where this is going. It'd be great to see more projector patterns to make them more accessible for so many more people. Is the So Enabled team developing any resources to help others? Yeah. On our website, we are creating pattern directories and business directories. So that is online businesses as well as bricks and mortar businesses. And we're also looking at tool directories as well. So anything that is accessible to people we're looking for community suggestions we're looking for people to nominate shops and businesses and to nominate patterns and say this pattern is great it's really useful for example this is really useful if you are a wheelchair user as it's got a really good length at the back and it's easy to shorten the front And so it is really useful for someone who is sitting down primarily. So we're looking for community suggestions for that. We have a few, but we would love more. And when we have some more, we're going to be creating a directory where people can go and go, right, I want something that is suitable for a wheelchair user and then have a list of patterns come up that they can look through and go, actually, yes, number three there, that's the one I want to do. So we're looking for submissions there. We're looking for submissions on shops that are accessible. We've had a few and we've actually had one wonderful shop who have told us about some changes that they are about to make. And they're making them now so that when they reopen properly after COVID, they will be so much more accessible than they were in pre-COVID times. And it's wonderful to hear those kind of things that people are taking this time to really think about the accessibility of their spaces. We've had a couple of people who are online only retailers asking if there are things that they can do to make their sites more accessible. And that is that is a fantastic thing to see because I know I, I have issues with certain sites. There are shops that I just can't buy from because I can't navigate their website. And so if you have a really good experience, and this is as a user as well as a business owner, if you have something that you think is really good, you think is a really good designed website or really helpful staff when you send them a message anything like that we're looking for those businesses we want to create a directory of accessible businesses so people can search say I want to find a fabric shop that has really good online descriptors so you you can put that in to our tool and you would get then some results so that is something we want to develop but we need community submissions for that so uh please spam us uh we're looking looking for everything there and again with tools if there is a tool that you're using in a way that it's maybe not 
expressly designed for, or you have discovered a hidden thing yep. about a tool or a machine, let us know and we are creating a directory of that. That's definitely a lot that our listeners can help you out with. Absolutely. Abby, thank you so much for coming on to the Socialist Podcast today. It's going to really help people who have been reading the accessibility blog posts of the Socialist and now hearing from you and all the work that the SOW Enabled community are doing for us all. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. And have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of So Organised Style Podcast for Socialists was produced for the Socialist team by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Abby. Sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and from all good podcast apps. Post any questions or suggestions you have on our Instagram account at Socialists or on our website, thesocialist.com. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.